Little honeybees flying around, little green peas from the ground, buttermilk biscuits nice and brown. Bring it to a Tennessee farm table, butter beans, peas, beets, and chard, chickens running in the yard, catfish frying in that lard. Bring it to a Tennessee farm table. Cast on skillets, good and hot. Watch it steam and crack and pop. Cornbread bacon in that stove. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Pick them maters, good and ripe. Drop him black gang candy stripes. Look at him loading down those vines. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Bring it to Tennessee Farm Table. Good Saturday morning, and welcome to the Tennessee Farm Table, a show dedicated to the people of our region who produce, prepare, and preserve our regional foods and agricultural products. This is your hostess, Amy Campbell. The song that you just heard was sung by East Tennessee's own. Emmy Sunshine. She's from Madisonville, Tennessee. Today we are setting the table with seed and thinking about springtime planting. We have John Koykendall, seed saver and master gardener, an all-around lover of old times and Appalachian food traditions. We're going to hear from John about how he got to saving seed and why it's so important to him. And also an upcoming event where you can meet your farmer and sign up for a CSA. And Mary Constantine, food writer for the Knoxville New Sentinel, offers up some delicious ways to add some new varieties of flavors when cooking up a pot of peas. We are so honored to have John as a guest and to be able to sow good seed here today on the Tennessee Farm Table. It's a true privilege to be able to have your good company, and we thank you so very much for tuning in. Now let's get started. Let's begin with John Koykendall and how he got into the business of saving seed right here. I would say actually with all of my seed saving endeavors is when you start collecting things, you never realize what diversity there is. Again, we talk about the black eyed pea. For years and years, that's all I ever saw. It's like talking about butter beans. The green lime is all I saw for years until I began collecting seed and found out just how many different types they were, but these field peas, you can look at the diversity of these. It's just an incredible number of types. In the area of seed saving, you know, I've had the theme gardens the last two years. Mm-hmm. Now last year, as you remember, was the William Henry Mal seed catalog. That's the one that I found in uh, 1959 in the old Ebenezer Station west of Knoxville. You remember the Ebenezer Station, don't I you? Do. It was out on the Let's see, it was out Pip's Ironwork is, the, is there yeah. now. It's on Ebenezer Road. I, I, it was an old brick station. Of course, that's long since gone, but I found a copy of that 1913 seed catalog in that abandoned station. And that's what uh, sparked my interest to become a seed saver. That was one of the earliest things. I didn't know that. Yeah, that was, uh, that was my big thing. Hmm. And of course, they had all those beautiful engravings in it. And those old varieties. Mm-hmm. But my point is, you're talking about 
having things all over the world. Mm -hmm. At that time, you take 1959, I would look in that book and I'd see certain uh, old varieties and I would think, gosh, I wonder if that still exists or where could I find that? You know, there was no networking at all. There were no seed-saving organizations of a formal type. Obviously, thank goodness, individuals were saving these things. Mm -hmm. But say you had something that was in that catalog, an old tomato, and maybe you're living somewhere in California and I'm here in Knoxville, you'd have no way of knowing I was looking for that and I wouldn't know that you existed. No. But you fast forward up to today, you can uh, take your little cell phone, have the computers on them, you can type in anything. I've had guests a lot of times up there, I'll be walking along talking about things and I'll look back and they'll have that out there typing in some things and maybe something I've uh, mentioned there and they'll show me on the screen, here comes up uh, probably a whole morning's worth of reading on one subject or one variety. It's amazing and it sources for it. It really is. And what would I have given for that in 1959 or 60? When oh, I bet, I bet. <laughs> there, there was, but there was no way of, of doing it. Mm -mm. Now they had computers but uh, at that time, but they were probably about the size of your house here. Yes. Certainly not something you carried in your pocket <laughs> or had a, you know, something on your desk laptop but that was uh, you know today you have uh, such a wealth of information you can <clears throat> that you can bring up it's amazing it really is it's so wonderful for what you're doing and that was uh, you have to fast forward up to 1990 that's when I became a member of the seed savers exchange and I became a listed member a listed member is someone that's growing these old varieties and as a member of the Seed Savers Exchange, and they're offering different uh, varieties they're growing out. And they have that big yearbook that goes out mm -hmm. in February, real thick. And it has everything from A to Z, apples to zucchini. Oh. So, I mean, it's, it's in there if someone, a member's growing it. And that's, uh, there was one thing that I was so fascinated from the beginning with, and that was the Tennessee sweet potato pumpkin. They look similar to a kushaw, except they're bell-shaped, weigh about 25 pounds, looks like a big bell, about so tall, and they're white with faint green stripes on them. Mm -hmm. And that's a yellow flesh squash, has a wonderful Ooh. flavor. It is kind of sweet potato mm. flavored. Make excellent pies or for baking, any kind of thing that you'd do with a winter squash. And I grew those last year in that Mal garden. You did. Because come when 1990 rolled around and I got the first yearbook, there were three or four sources for the Tennessee sweet potato pumpkin in that uh, catalog oh. that they had. And I remember ordering those and that was oh, about January, February, and the seed came and just like a little kid on Christmas morning, I got the seed out and I'd look at them every day. I think I had them on my pillow all winter. <laughs> Sit there and wake up and look at those things. And how many more days is it till you can plant? Oh, I bet. <laughs> how exciting. Yeah, how many days is it before planting time? Oh, well, so um, 1959 to 1990, that's a lot of years of saving seed. That's a lot. Well, of course, I didn't. I've been doing it about probably 50 some years. Wow. And it was very small in the beginning to start mm -hmm. out, but now I've got, oh, let's see, I had 109 listings last count with the Seed Savers Exchange. Wow. And people write for samples. Mm -hmm. And generally you'll send out samples of 25 seeds. Mm -hmm. That's a, a startup packet, something for them to get started. 
we don't offer a commercial size packages of seed. In other words, you're not going to get 200 seeds enough to plant a field of corn. Mm -hmm. You're going to get something to get you started mm -hmm. and then you become a guardian of that seed and you grow that out and increase your supply and then you offer it to others. That's uh, how that works. You know, um, I was looking at Clemson, at a Clemson seed saving website and they've got all kinds of your seed. Dr. Bradshaw was there at the time that I gave him those seeds. I gave him 35 different things. Uh -huh. And that was uh, the South Carolina Foundation Seed Association. Yes. I think that has since been moved up to uh, North Carolina State now. They're not doing that Clemson anymore. Oh, okay. But that collection's intact, and I think they're working on it up at North Carolina State. Good. That's but I love to have those in places where people grow them out. Yes. Absolutely. If I have, say, 500 things of, of the seed varieties I have, and they're all preserved in the freezers at home, that's what I would refer to as functionally extinct. Mm -hmm. In other words, they're safe, but they're not available to anyone else. If you were looking for one of those old tomatoes I had, or a pumpkin, mm -hmm. or squash, you wouldn't know that I had it. Mm -hmm. So we've got to have these things out where they're grown. Yes. Where they're being used and passed on. Mm -hmm. That's the whole purpose of that. So mm -hmm. the more we get out there, the more awareness, mm -hmm. then the, the better off we are keeping all of these things going. Absolutely. There's no reason in the world why you couldn't grow yeah. a lot of things here. For instance, you could become a, mm -hmm. you could become a member of the Seed Savers organization. That's a very worthwhile thing when, you, when you support them. It is. And you could become, if you wanted to, a listed member. You mm -hmm. could offer, you wouldn't need to have mm -hmm. huge number. You can grow one butter bean out here. Mm -hmm. I say one because if you have more than that, they have to be isolated by at least a mile. Oh, okay. I got so, you. So you could have uh, as big as this property has. You could probably have three or four beans. Just mm -hmm. scatter them out different places. Mm-hmm. If you've just joined us, you're listening to an interview with John Koikenthal, seed saver from Knoxville, Tennessee. After the short break, we'll return with a story from John about the wash day pea. Support for the Tennessee Farm Table comes in part from Magpie's Bakery in downtown North Knoxville, just one block north of Broadway on North Central Street. Magpie's Bakery can accommodate most budgets and styles, from a simple rustic barn dance with pies, cookies, and cupcakes, to a country club affair with a custom creation. With a full selection of ready-made designs, or they can create custom designs for your special event. Images of their ready-made designs and details on custom orders and appointments at magpiescakes.com. Magpie's Cakes, all butter, all the time. Now let's return to our guest, seed-saving giant and East Tennessee treasure, John Koikendall. He has this wonderful story about one of the varietals that he saves and shares called the Wash Day Pea. Most all of the varieties I have have a story to go with them. I think with the, for instance, these peas that we have uh, spread out on this muslin cloth, that to me they'd be the perfect notes. If I was doing a big lecture somewhere, I wouldn't take a notebook with notes in it. All I would do is put these 
varieties of peas out, and each one has their own story. They speak for themselves. That's all you would need, mm-hmm. and it's uh, fascinating. I want to tell a story. Now, this is especially for the ladies in the audience, and this story is about the wash day pea. Now, you know, wash day in the old days was always on Monday, and the pea that I have here is a very, very small, round, yellowish tan pea. And it was cooked on wash day. Now the reason they cooked it on wash day was it cooked up very fast. It would cook up in the same amount of time as you could bake a pone of cornbread. But to regress a little bit, the ladies had a real rough day on wash day. Now they had to get up before first light. They had to build fires under the cast iron wash kettles, shave the lye soap off into the water. They had those big paddles to stir the clothes with. They had battling blocks and battling sticks to beat the dirt out with. You had rinse waters. You had to wring all of that out by hand. Had to take that out and hang it up. Now I'll tell you something. None of you ladies at that time, or today would you be either, would you want to cook dinner for the men at home? So what they're gonna get on wash day is that little pea. And that pea cooks up in the same amount of time that you can bake a pone of cornbread. So that was perfect for that. Now, if you were in an especially good mood that day, hadn't had too bad a go of it, you might give them a slice of onion to go with it. <laughs> but, but the story of that, I, I love the, uh, the history and the, the story behind it. It's fantastic. That's, uh, yeah, it's a lot of history and heritage. I was thinking about that uh, last night, and I was thinking about talking about these uh, different peas. You really gain an appreciation for what people went through in those days. I came home in uh, the summertime, you know, your overalls, get uh, they get dirty pretty fast, the rest of your clothes. And I went down the basement, threw a load of overalls into the wash, turn it on, you come back up, you can sit down and watch the History Channel. You hear the buzzer go off, back down, throw it into the uh, dryer. I came back and I was thinking, my goodness, think of that, uh, the contrast. Think about 1790 when these ladies were cooking these, uh, these peas. And all that day, the work that went into that, just how much uh, you're doing. And here I am today, pitch them in the wash, buzzer goes off, throw them in the dryer, and there it is. Yeah. So that uh, adds a little bit of appreciation to the wash day pea, what they, uh, what they went through at that time. It sure does, John. I think uh, another note on these wash day peas, that might have been one of the original fast foods. You know, today you'll tell dad to go down and pick up a bag of burgers somewhere and some fries. Back then, that was that, uh, that fast cooking pea that you had on wash day. You know, we have a holdover of that today. And if you've been to New Orleans, you know New Orleans uh, Monday is uh, red beans and rice day. And in the schools, they still serve uh, beans, red beans and rice. And that's a holdover from wash day. That was something they could put on the wood-burning stove and have simmering while they were doing all the work with the, with the wash that day. Didn't know that. So that's come down to us into modern times. That's so neat. And I just have to throw in one more story John has about peas. I want to tell you a story about a fellow that came to visit us up at the farm. This was about two months ago, and he had grown up in the Depression years. And he's up in his, uh, well, up in his 80s now. But he was talking about uh, living on the farm then. You know, the people that grew up on the farms, they would, uh, many of them I've heard say that we didn't have a dime before, during, or after the uh, 
the Great Depression. We didn't know there was a depression on. We had to, we lived the same way. And your people really that were on the farms had the better of it. Yes. I know even your doctors would work, very often they would work for trade, chickens and, and mm-hmm. uh, beans and apples, you, you name it. They, they would trade. Everybody was in the same boat. Mm-hmm. So that, that we all had to get along and, and do the best we could with it. But this one pea I have right here is called the Bradham Stock Pea. It dates to 1870 down in Georgia. And that came from uh, this family. And this old fellow was telling me the story. He said, when I was about eight years old, every day we had peas. Mom would make that little bowl of peas for me and I had my piece of cornbread. They might've had some sweet potato or something else. But anyway, he said, one day I rebelled. I sat down and had a big frown on my face. And I looked at that bowl of peas, and took that bowl of peas and I pushed it away. Mama asked, what's the matter, son? And I said, I ain't eating no more peas. I'm tired of them. Well, his daddy just looked at him and he said, that's all right, son. You'll eat them tomorrow. <laughs> In other words, that's what it's going to be. <laughs> that was the, the choice. <laughs> that was the choice. That's a good story, John. Well, you know, most of these old peas that we have here, they all have stories because I've gotten them from old timers, people I've known years and years ago. And you have been listening to an interview with John Koikendall, Seed Saver and Knoxville native. To find some of the seeds supplied by Seed Savers Exchange that John has helped to save, more information at TennesseeFarmTable.com. Look for the link that says Seed and Native Plants. This is Alan Benton, and you're listening to the Tennessee Farm Table. Support for the Tennessee Farm Table comes to you in part by Kenner Tree Care. Family owned and operated out of Louisville, Tennessee. Kenner Tree Care is proud to support this type of local community broadcasting. A certified arborist insured for your protection offering removal of dead or problem trees, tree pruning, storm emergencies, tree care, soil conditioning, and tree and stump removal. Contact Kenner Tree Care by phone at 865-686-8344 or by Facebook. Kenner Tree Care, Tree Care, Nature's Play. I'd like to let you know about a couple of events in our area that are agricultural in nature and I thought you may be interested in. The Center for Urban Agriculture invites you to attend the Grow Your Garden Workshop. Participants will learn about growing fruits and vegetables this spring and discuss what to plant, when to plant it, and how to grow a spring edible garden. Pre-registered participants will take home seeds and starter plants provided by CAC, Green Thumbs, and the Center for Urban Agriculture. Choose the time and location that works best for your schedule. There are two different options left. Details about registration and a very reasonable fee for this series at knoxgarden.org. On Thursday, March 30th, from 4 p.m. until 6 p.m., 
There will be a CSA Fair, which stands for Community Supported Agriculture. The location of this event is the CW Kanzler Family YMCA at 616 Jessamine Street, Knoxville, Tennessee at 37917. What is a CSA? Will CSA subscribers purchase a share of a farm, receiving a portion of the farm's products at designated times throughout the year? The most common CSA share is a weekly box of seasonal produce, but can take many forms, including monthly meat share, bi-weekly egg share, weekly cut flower share, or herbal remedy share. At this CSA fair, you can expect to meet farmers face-to-face and learn about the community-supported agriculture CSA program that's right for you. Visitors to the CSA fair can compare and sign up on the spot or take home a CSA comparison of all CSAs delivering in Knox County and decide later. Workplace groups and corporate wellness program administrators are really encouraged to attend and talk to the farmers about delivery directly to the office. This event is free and open to the public. Details at nourishknoxville.org. And now it's In the Kitchen with Mary Constantine, food writer for the Knoxville New Sentinel. The next time you cook a fresh pot of peas to pair with potatoes, serve with carrots, or use in a succotash, consider these flavor profiles featured in the Flavor Bible, written by Karen Page and Andrew Dornenberg. It includes peas cooked in carrot juice instead of water, peas mixed with mint and morel mushrooms, Peas with onions, pancetta, and sage. Peas with basil and potatoes. Or peas with mushrooms and ricotta cheese. And if you're planning to freeze your peas, an easy way to contain them while blanching is to use a pot with a pasta strainer. This is Mary Constantine for the Tennessee Farm Table. Thank you so much for your great company here today on the Tennessee Farm Table. Hope you can join us again right back here next Saturday at 9 a.m. on the radio dial at WDVX.com out in Knoxville or anytime on our podcast, TennesseeFarmTable.com. Our theme song was written by myself and sung, arranged, and performed by Emmy Sunshine of East Tennessee. More information about Emmy Sunshine at TheEmmySunshine.com. That is spelled T-H-E-E-M-I Sunshine.com. We hope you'll reach out and connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, and also our podcast on TennesseeFarmTable.com. And please tell your friends about us. 
we want to say thank you to WDVX Radio out of Knoxville, Tennessee. They are a true community-supported radio station that does not receive funding from universities or government agencies. The community and businesses support WDVX. Through an agreement with WDVX, they are our media partner, and the Tennessee Farm Table Show is broadcast on that station every Saturday at 9 a.m. We hope you have a good week and keep on digging. This has been a Campbell Creative Incorporated production.